Hello everyone and welcome to That Time When, the comedy history podcast where each week we take you back and tell you about some strange or unusual event that's happened in history. I am your host for this week, Barnaby King, and joining me, as ever, is my co-host, Amelia Edwards. Hi. Hi, how are you doing? I'm a little bit giddy, to tell you the truth. Oh, really? Yes. Why? Well, um, we're drinking cocktails today, <laughs> yes, we're being we... very fancy. <laughs> yes, we are, because I feel in our own ways, we've both had a hell of a week. Oh, it's been bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> Between technical problems with my computer, my laptop charger, mm-hmm. exploding... And then the replacement not working. Mm-hmm. I've got a third one now, which <laughs> looks like it's holding out. But I mean, the last one lasted about 12 hours. I love so. how high tech all of this is. Yeah, right. Um, but also, you're back at work. There's yep. a lot of tiring stuff going on. You were at work for like 14 hours yesterday. I was. Yeah. And also, the petrol crisis. The petrol crisis. Thank God I've got an electric moped. <laughs> You've got an electric moped and I slash we have a hybrid. Um, it's but still not enough. It's still not enough because we were on literally half a notch of petrol when I suddenly thought, oh, there are all these cues and stories of, you know, people not being able to get petrol. Yeah. I'd better try and get some. And that was a time. Fortunately, I managed it because we've got traveling to do this weekend. I think the problem is that you're very contrary. This is true. So you see petrol crisis, everyone must buy. Yeah. And you're like, I'm not buying petrol. (laughs) I don't think it even was that. I just didn't think about it. See, the problem is whenever people are like, this is the wrong thing. And all these people are doing the wrong thing. I try and take the moral high ground. Yeah. And thus I didn't buy petrol. So I could be like, meh, you silly people buying petrol. And then I was like, oh crap, we actually need petrol. Yeah, we actually needed petrol. (laughs) (laughs) So this isn't just us chatting about the current times. This is actually kind of relevant. Oh, is it? Well, I just thought we were having a chat. Sort of, because... It's about the sort of the panic okay. of it. All right. You know how people, like, they assume something's happening, mm-hmm. they panic about it, and it makes this whole big thing. Okay. So is this the story of the toilet roll shortage no, it's of not. 2020? No, no. We, we do some modern history, not that modern. Okay. No, but this is a different sort of panic, and this is a panic in a, over a battle. Oh, okay. A battle... The number of casualties of which we don't actually know. It could be dozens. Mm-hmm. It could be as many as hundreds. Oh. We're not sure. Right. And you'll find out why later on. <gasps> so I'm going to take you back to 1754 and in America. Well, golly, we have all the petrol we can eat. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. So this is very early days of America, obviously. It was uh, before independence and Mm -hmm. when basically colonies had been set up by Britain and France a little bit and tiny little bit of Spain as well. Sure. But like at this point, we're on the 12 colonies or whatever it was. And they're all on the very, very east coast. Yes. Yeah. And speaking of which, we are talking specifically about the state of Connecticut. Oh, right. Which are uh, very close to the East Coast. Yeah. And at this point, it's practically the frontier. Oh, you could, oh my God. Yeah, you could, pra- you could think of it as like the cowboy area of <laughs> the 1750s. Isn't Connecticut supposed to be like super upper class? Is that like a thing? Well, it is part of New England, which yeah. I think is a 
higher class area, you might call it. Women I, I in know. those Hallmark movies always go to New England yeah. in, in the fall or at Christmas time and find a husband. Yes, absolutely. And the, <laughs> their husband is always either wealthy or owns an artisan bakery or something. So I yeah. always assume it's a bit posh. Yeah, but at this point, Connecticut is a little bit wild. It's on okay. the frontiers. Uh, there are a number of native tribes around the area. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know... Being colonials, you either need to pacify them or integrate them into your society. Absolutely. Let's go out and teach them all about Jesus. Indeed. So at this point, Connecticut was uh, part of the British colonies. Yeah. But there were some tensions. And this is because in 1754, the French-Indian War started. Okay. Query. Yeah. Um, French-Indian as in India or as in Native Americans? As in Native Americans. Okay, dokes. Yeah, but this is actually what it's called. That's oh, yeah. not just me being, you know, closed-minded or anything. No, 100%, but it's just worthwhile checking. Yes, absolutely. Now, when I first heard this name, I thought it was between the French and the native populace. Yeah. It's not, though. It no. was actually between Britain and France. <laughs> is this a sneaky way of getting in another war with France without anyone noticing? Well, two years after this, there would be an official war with France known as the Seven Years' War. Oh, I love the Seven Years' War. Yeah. But Great for- war, good time. <laughs> but for two years prior, there was another war going on. <laughs> right. But it was only located in the colonies, and so it was considered, you know, not, not quite as important. Okay, so it's like the Vietnam War wasn't officially a war between America and China. Yeah. Right, but it totally was. Yeah. Okay, so this is the French-Indian War. It's not a war between France and England. Oh, no, no, it is... No, but, like, it's not... Oh, I see. Yeah? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, quite possibly. The reason it was called the French-Indian War was because, at the time, uh, Britain would name its wars after the king. So it would be King Such-and-Such's War. Right, sure. But they had had a King George, a King George's War in the 40s, in the 1740s. (laughs) So they were like, we don't want to call it King George's War 2, the Warrening, or something like that. This is the problem. Like, this is the problem with the Georgian period. Yeah. I mean, industrialization, sure. Mm. Mass poverty. Yep. Um, the, the London Monster. Those weren't yep. really the problems. The problem was that you had four people in a row called George. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, so they decided, rather than name it after the king, they would name it after their enemy. Okay. So in this case, it was French forces and various native tribes. Okay. And this was against Britain and their various native tribes. (laughs) Because our native tribes are better than your native tribes. Pretty much. Like the the, uh, colonists on both sides managed to get some tribes to join them (laughs) and basically fight the others. I don't know what was promised or what was said, but yeah. I mean, people were like trading a lot at yeah, this point that's in time yeah we don't like obviously a lot of promises were broken yep but we can assume that sometimes they were kept yeah yeah so the seven years war afterwards ended with france basically being kicked out of america Oh, oh, is that how France got yeah. taken out of America? Yeah. So Britain okay. established itself as like the owner of the colonies. Right. And this is why you've only got like French influences in places, mm. but you know, 
English is the common language. And they're it like, was... New, Eng- New Orleans is ours, guys. Yeah, exactly. And it's why, you know, France a bit pissed off, ended up joining in with the revolution. Mm. So, yeah, this was this was quite important, really. And I knew next to nothing about it. Okay. But we're going to take a bit of a backseat from the sort of broad scale of the war mm-hmm. and look at one little town in Connecticut. Yeah. A place called Wyndham. That's not in Connecticut. That's in Norfolk. No, you're thinking of Wymondham. No, no, no. Pronounced Wyndham. That is Wyndham. Yes, but there is another Wyndham. Okay. This one spelt actually as it should be. What, Wymondham? No, Windham. (laughs) Oh, that's just wrong. (laughs) But yes, there there was this little village in uh, Wyndham. No, sorry. There was this little village in Connecticut called Wyndham. Sure. Very small place, population of at most a thousand people. And they were all from Norfolk. <laughs> I don't know where they were from. I miss Wyndham, but I don't remember how to spell it. <laughs> Just spell it how you think you should spell it. <laughs> But anyway, they were having a rough time of it. Uh, They were part of the British colonies, but being on the frontier, they were very vulnerable to attack from the French and the native forces. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. And not only that, but in 1754, when this war broke out, they had been suffering from a drought. Oh, God. Yeah. In Connecticut? Yeah. It was a rough time. Okay. Apparently the weather was consistently like muggy and cloudy, but it just didn't rain. Oh, God. Yeah. It sounds sounds like the last couple of weeks, to be honest. (laughs) Yeah. It also sounds like my worst nightmare. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So before we continue, anyone who knows anything about Wyndham, Connecticut, the modern place, will probably know this story and know where I'm going with it. But if you're with other people, keep stum. I'm going to tell you everything. Don't (laughs) worry. Don't worry. Just sit there with some smug self-satisfaction that you know what's coming. Oh my God, that's actually what I tell the kids to do when they finish early. (laughs) Excellent. Sit there and look smug, children. Yeah. So obviously, war has broken out. And uh, soldiers need to be roused up, so militia are formed. Nice. Uh, some people have to leave the village to basically go and fight elsewhere, leaving like a, a skeleton crew yeah. uh, keeping the place safe. Because, the old men and the children. Because yeah, they're, they're worried about imminent attack all the time, basically. It sounds like it was an awful time to live in Wyndham. Yeah, that sounds like it sucks. Yeah. So this was a particularly hot and muggy night in June. Mm -hmm. It was cloudy, awful conditions. And shortly after midnight, the townsfolk start hearing a noise. Okay. A noise that starts starts with like a few sporadic noises and it gets louder and louder. And it's this sort of rattling, clattering, screaming noise. Oh my god. Yeah. So the townsfolk wake up Mm -hmm. and of course they're like, shit, we're under attack. What's going on? They start like, people pile out of their houses, they grab what weapons they can, but no one seems to be out there. They can't see any enemies, but they can hear them. Now a few people start saying that it's Indian war cries. Yeah. But others are saying that they, they can't make out any sort of language that they know that the native populace around the area speak. Okay. Sensible could, people. Yeah. But, you know, could be yeah. from a different tribe somewhere else. Maybe they just don't know their language. If the French have brought tribes from a long way away, yeah. then sure. Yeah. Some others, though, start thinking that they can hear words in it. Specifically, rum 
and gin. Oh my god, okay. So they start thinking, oh, maybe it's not like a war party. Mm. Maybe they're just kind of like drunken raiders looking for our rum and gin. Sure. <laughs> Which, to be fair, would be just as bad. Like, <laughs> I, a war band coming through or a drunken raiding party, I think at that point you're kind of... You're screwed either way. <laughs> yeah, I have to admit, though, all I'm imagining now is, like, imagine if it was, like, a zombie horde and they're just, like, <laughs> yeah. They're be... alcoholics. They don't eat brains. Yeah, that would be a very different Dawn of the Dead. <laughs> dawn of the Hangover. <laughs> um, so others, though, start saying, no, that's not that's not language at all. That's trumpets. What? Yeah. They start thinking, a few people start saying it's trumpets. Okay. And of course, in a very Christian society, trumpets means one thing. The day of judgment. Oh my God. It's the end of the world. It could very well be. Now, according to folklore, an elderly African-American man Mm -hmm. says, it can't be the day of judgment. So they ask, why? Yeah. He says, because it's night. (laughs) (laughs) he's not wrong i mean yeah absolutely (laughs) but whatever it was this is clearly not a good sound a good sign it's Mm -hmm. loud it's scary there's something out there in the darkness and it sounds like it's going to attack sure and then they start hearing some more words they start hearing two names colonel dyer and elderkin Okay. Now, now, these two individuals they're referring to, the first is Elephalet Dyer, which is a great name. Oh, I love early American names. I know, it's fantastic. Uh, Elephalet was a lawyer and actually the head of the militia. Okay. And he was described by John Adams as <laughs> long-winded and tedious, but an honest and worthy man. Okay, first up, wow, the shade. I know, right? And second of all... John Adams. <laughs> yes, the I, I know very little about John Adams. That doesn't come from Hamilton. I know, right? I can. Kind I thought of, he was supposed to be pretty boring, John. Adams. I know. This is what I thought. So and he for him, to, this yeah. Boring. How boring is this person that John Adams calls him tedious and long-winded? Jesus. Yeah. Um, he was also though. Ella Fallett is um, considered in some ways of counting it to be one of the founding fathers of america okay so spoiler alert he survives (laughs) okay yeah yeah fair fair point but this is actually a thing because uh looking it up i went back and we've we've talked before about the founding fathers and we discovered that there are actually like seven of them yeah but it turns out there's different ways to count the founding fathers sure so really there's about 150 people who could be called the founding fathers of america okay and ella fallett dyer is one of them okay and the reason he's long-winded is because he's like, did I ever tell you about that one weird night in Wyndham, Connecticut? Oh, he didn't need to tell people about this. And they're like, this. we've heard it before out of fire. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so the other name, uh, as I said, was Elderkin. And this was referring to Jedediah Elderkin, who oh was another lawyer who was working with Dyer on a plan to colonize the Susquehanna Valley. And that was obviously belongs to a native tribe. Great. So the thought was they've angered the native tribes by mm-hmm. being like, we're going to colonize this area. They're coming to stop us from doing that. Okay. But also, 
I love this whole thing. Whenever you hear about things like revolutions, you're like, oh my gosh, all these young revolutionary types. You always imagine mm-hmm. like students yep. because of like Les Miserables. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they're like blood everywhere and they're really passionate. And then it turns out that America was founded by a lot of lawyers. Yeah, pretty much. Like a lot of lawyers, which explains yeah, a lot. It really does. So the villagers, having armed themselves, are now convinced that they're under attack by Native Americans and they need to defend themselves. They can't see anyone, mm-hmm. but they know they're out there. Yeah. So they start randomly firing muskets into the darkness. Oh, God. All right. Time goes by and no attack comes. Ooh. By morning, the sounds have ceased, but everyone in the village is completely unharmed. Okay. The villagers went out and found bodies. Dozens of them, possibly hundreds of them, just lying on the ground. Okay. Oh, God. But these were the corpses of bullfrogs. What? No! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, also, Jedediah was a bullfrog. Oh my god! Oh no! There's bullfrogs! (laughs) Also, have these guys never heard bullfrogs before? So the thing is that bullfrogs, and I did a little bit of research because of this episode, because I was kind of, I I had that same thought. Mm. Bullfrogs make a huge array of noises. Okay. And there's a few theories for what exactly happened. Now, firstly, it could just have been that, you know, it was a normal croak. Yeah. But there were just loads of them. Right, So right. it magnified and created this weird noise, especially because it was a cloudy and muggy night. Yeah. And that tends to amplify noise. True. That can be really creepy. Yeah. Uh, it's also, because of this drought, they were the bullfrogs were found around the remnants of a pond that was on Dyer's land. Oh, no. And it seemed like they had been fighting over the retreating territory. Oh. Because, you know droughts okay yeah uh, there is actually another theory proposed by frog behavior specialist and resident of Wyndham, susan z herrick who suspects that the frogs were actually making advertisement calls basically <laughs> basically because their territory was rapidly retreating yeah the male frogs decided rather than try and fight over territory they were just going to try and mate as hard as possible fair point all right yeah so these are noises that are not going to be particularly familiar. Okay. But also, that lady, the one you've just named, yeah. did she move to Wyndham because of the frog thing? No, she grew up in Wyndham. Do you think that she got into frogs yes. because of the story? Yes. That is wonderful. Like, yeah. hats off to you for being inspired by your local community. Well, there's a lot about Wyndham and frogs. We'll get to it in a <laughs> Okay. Um, so, yeah, as I said, like, they can make an array of noises, including quite human-like screaming. Okay. It's Is quite it like alarming. when goats do it? Yeah. are like, oh my god. Yeah, it's quite alarming. Okay. So I could absolutely see, if there's loads of these out in the darkness making all these noises, yeah. you wouldn't know what to think. You wouldn't I, immediately I go, that's a lot of rum, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, rum. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure how they said Colonel Dyer. Colonel Dyer. <laughs> <laughs> We're in your pond. <laughs> wow. So 
the casualties of this <laughs> of were all frogs. Yeah. <laughs> This became known as the Battle of the Frogs. Oh, but also sounds like something we'd say that disparages the French. Exactly. So, so it works. It oh really my God, works. they were attacked by the frogs. I know, oh absolutely. My God. Now, when the villagers saw this, they were kind of like, well, this was a bit silly, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, bless them. But word gets out yeah. and Wyndham becomes a bit of a laughing stock yeah, because of this ridiculous experience. And... To be fair, I think a lot of the ribbing on it was quite good-natured, really. Sure. Uh, I've got a letter here, which was uh, from a Reverend Stiles to his lawyer, I think, nephew. Let me just find it. Oh, my God, another lawyer? Yeah. Guys, find another profession. Well, he wrote this specifically because his, uh, his nephew was a law student. Okay. If the late tragical tidings from Wyndham deserve credit, as doubtless they do, it will then concern the gentlemen of your jurisprician order to be fortified against the croaks of Torinian legions, legions terrible as the very wreck of matter and the crash of worlds. Antiquity relates that the elephant fears the mouse, a herd trembles at the crowing of a cock, but pray, whence is it that the croaking of a bullfrog should so Belthazarize a lawyer? How direful the alarm made by those audacious long-winded croakers. I hope, sir, from the direful reports from the frog pond, you will gain some instruction. Okay, hilarious, but also easy for you to say. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Balthazarize. I don't even know what that means. I have no idea. No. I tried to look it up and all I could get was Balthazar. <laughs> sure. So, yeah, it became a bit of a funny story and the villagers took it in their stride really so much so that later on when america had achieved independence and they started printing their own money yeah wyndham produced banknotes with frogs on them oh that's cute it's adorable not only that but there were plays written about it and there were operettas written about it okay and this is going on into the 19th century as well right this was popular this story okay now modern day Wyndham has continued to embrace (laughs) this tradition i bet it does is there a tourist trappy thing that they do um well there's quite a lot actually really um so obviously we have Susan Herrick, who yeah. grew up and obviously became a frog behaviour specialist. Um, but there are a few other things as well. There are <laughs> there are statues. There are four 11-foot frogs sitting atop giant spools of thread, which guard the Thread City Crossing, otherwise known as Frog Bridge. Wow. Okay, so this is the thing. No one's trying to tear those statues down. No, right? Because... <laughs> The frogs never did anything wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, there was a pond. The, the pond that they were found in, Dy- uh, Dyer's Pond, was mm-hmm. renamed Frog Pond. Aww. And the actual, the official seal of the town of Wyndham, Connecticut, is a frog. Oh, that's cute. There's some stories that that was not their choice. Right. That it was made <laughs> art by, basically, when, when they were founding America, they kind of went, hey... Hey, Wyndham, Wyndham, your town's a frog. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It could be worse. They could have the seal of Great Yarmouth. What's that? It's half a lion and half a fish. Wow, okay. But it's like, but like literally it's like 
they cut off the bottom half of the lion, so like you can still see the top of his paw, and then they just stick a fish on it. Yeah, it's really weird. That is very odd. <laughs> I don't get that at and all. And it's half of the seal of Norfolk <laughs> as well. So we've got one lion and one fish lion. I mean. I don't know if that's better than just a frog. Um, I like a frog better. The frogs are cool, and the statues are impressive, if a little daunting, because (laughs) they're so big, and they have these, like, blank like Frog brass eyes, eyes. yeah, yeah. They, they they haven't put any pupils or anything what? in them they're just solid spheres oh no that's scary <laughs> it's kind of creepy okay do they do a festival i really hope they've got a frog festival uh, i don't actually know let me quickly look that up so i can't find anything immediately doesn't mean there isn't one there is something here called frog fest 2005 but that is on pinterest that's not um that's not like some sort of official city thing oh my god i bet they make the school kids do plays about it well there were a lot of plays as i said yeah no but like you know those like little like open days oh yeah like we had to do one in my school about our local (laughs) saints Not about the time that the villagers got upset because some frogs were very loud. No. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it's important to note that this story was originally told by word of mouth. It's quite possible that it's been exaggerated. I mean, as I said, we don't know how many frogs they found, whether or not they were even dead. I mean, it would be really impressive if they'd fired off musket shots into the darkness and hit loads of frogs. Like, I'd be be impressed. I think the implication is meant to be kind of that the frogs killed each other. Oh, okay. Hence, like, the Battle of the Frogs was between frog science basically <laughs> okay, and there just happened to be some humans firing <laughs> yeah, in the mix okay, yeah fine. pretty much just because these frogs kept making all these really loud noises goddamn frogs <laughs> absolutely thank you very much for listening to that episode of that time when sorry it's a little bit shorter than normal but as we said at the beginning it's been a hell of a week so uh we just had to make do with this little story instead of the normal <laughs> you can follow us on twitter at that time when four and if you have any suggestions for episodes you can email them to us at ttwpod at gmail.com thank you as always to kevin mcleod for our theme song anachronist as well as any other music that barnaby has managed to cram into the pod and thank you for listening now go out invest in eels and be afraid of frogs Rabbit.